welcome to Tabletop Game Talk, On Topic, the only podcast putting out new content this week, and a show where we talk about tabletop gaming topics of all kinds. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. I'm Kitty. And I'm Chris. This week, we're talking about the things we're most looking forward to in 2021. So that's vague, and we'll likely talk about games and conventions and all of that, but knowing us, we'll talk about real-life stuff as well, because 2020 sucked, and we just want to talk about anything else. But before we talk about anything else... And as always, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, and The Gift of Games in Grays Lake. You can find them at thegiftofgames.com. And a thank you to all of our other patrons as well. All right, Christmas is over. 2020 is almost over. How was you guys this Christmas? It was very nice. Was thank you for asking. You're welcome. How was your Christmas, Chris? <laughs> um, well, we this is the first Christmas where Zachary was old enough that to know that he had presents. So he's almost two now. And we just spent a little over a week and a half doing Hanukkah presents. So to him, presents and Hanukkah are the days. same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. A day over a week doing Hanukkah presents. So when he saw presents, it was just like Hanukkah, Hanukkah, Hanukkah. It's like, no, it's Christmas. He's like, no, no, it's Hanukkah. We're like, okay, no, it's fine. Hanukkah. I'm telling you. <laughs> it's Hanukkah. Fine. If so. I know one thing, this is definitely Hanukkah. <laughs> So you can't argue with an almost two-year-old. So, yeah. But we spent so much time. So Sydney's parents came over. And for them, they're used to Hanukkah growing up, right? So it's one gift one each night. So it's a very much open your gift. Everyone takes a look at it. Christmas is not like that. There's just a bunch of Christmas presents under the tree. But we were opening them one at a time. So three and a half hours later... I mm-hmm. finally took about two or three presents that were still left and just hid them because his birthday's in a month and I'm just going to give them to him for his birthday <laughs> instead. <laughs> I, I did do, do yeah, our kids' birthdays are like the same week. Yeah. So yeah. I did a lot of birthday and Christmas shopping at the same time. Yeah. So there's there was a couple of big gifts I was keeping for the end. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> he's having so much fun with everything else he has. He does not need these things. And it's like two in the afternoon. We're done. It's nap time. So and he's also stopped sleeping. So we put him up for his nap and he just hangs out in his room for two hours, just fiddling around in bed. And I'm like, OK, you don't want to sleep. That's fine. But you're still giving us our two hour break. I wish that that was a viable option. When my kid decided he was done napping, if you put him in his room, he like literally climbs the wall. He turns into like, it's like somebody gave him like spider Spider climbing abilities. Yes. I've never seen a child like scale flat surfaces the way my child goes for like everything. Like, I don't know. He's going to pull the curtains down on his head. He's going to break everything. I don't know. So we just do like quiet time but that means that like i have to enforce the quiet time so i don't get any break so yeah it's I'm great really i love he- my kid <laughs> parenthood <laughs> awesome i'm really hoping he's not done with naps because it's way too early for him to be done with naps but no my kid that- did one around this time and then he went back to napping for another nine months so yeah Fingers yeah, crossed for you. Like I said, he'll sit in there and he'll be in there for two, two and a half hours. Totally fine and content, just wide awake. So he also mm-hmm. has this thing. So we moved him to a toddler bed, which is a little early, but, and he, we didn't need to. I was just like, eh, let's try a toddler. He won't get out of bed. He just hangs out in bed. He doesn't get out of his, he has a toy box in there that has like puzzles and, and stuffed animals and stuff. Doesn't bother with it. He just hangs out in bed the entire time, occasionally kicking the side of the crib. And that's, that's what he does. So 
But yeah, that was good. Um, let's see. We played, Sydney and I played Dune Imperium several more times since the last episode as well. That game is just insanely good. Like, I don't, I'm not a huge Dune fan, so don't think that you have to be. But it gives me the feeling of like Star Wars Rebellion or War of the Ring in an hour footprint. And it's it's just fantastic. Like, yeah, we have it set up on the table now. We're trying to get we're trying to play all the different uh, characters. And we have one more game we have to play before we have all the characters played. And uh, we can't put it away. So that's my recommendation. Play Dune Imperium. All right. What are your guys' plans? Oh, I did put the timestamp <laughs> in the notes for New Year's. And we should mention Excellent. that here. Yes. yes. So Kitty sent it to me. So in the notes, if you want to spiritually bring in the new year with us by blowing up the Death Star, in the show notes is the timestamp for when you need to start episode four, i.e. the very first Star Wars. A New Hope on, is its a new title. Hope. Yep. <laughs> on and, and it is for all the different versions. It is the Disney Plus version. Yes. So I think it's like, 10 o'clock and 10 minutes. It's 1002 uh, something. It's like 1002.43. Doing yeah. that off the top of my head. That, I just looked that sounds, today. That sounds my about right. My dog just came down here, so I'm really sorry if you hear the sounds of ripping apart toys, everybody. All right. That's all right. <laughs> it's, it's Christmas. We need to get rid of toys. We've just gotten my too My dog is here. The baby's crying. I'm just <laughs> a mess. If my audio is bad, I don't know. Chris, you can decide if the Zoom audio <laughs> better half, half the time i mute you anyway so it's fine <laughs> so if you oh. yeah and then I, I mute you and then i take out all the silences so it's like you're not even there it's totally perfect um you know i can't i cannot have dissenters too much dissenting anyway um no i don't do that i'm way too lazy to do that <laughs> i was gonna say we get too many emails agreeing with me to believe yeah. that nope i have no ability there's so few reasons why I actually go and edit things. And uh, yeah, I, I really, I can't even think of any off the top of my head. Sometimes Fletcher says, oops, something broke or actually, no, that's normally Kitty, but I, <laughs> yeah, I still Fletcher blame. Fletcher doesn't notice when he breaks things. <laughs> yeah. Kitty, Fletcher just sends me crap audio and I have to fix it. So, uh, but I, then I, I record good audio for you and then you don't use it. <laughs> yeah. At some point in the podcast, you'll start to lean back, and then the audio will go down to like a little trickle. Fortunately, my post processing me site or Fletcher, that I use, uh, Fletcher, yeah, okay. F- fortunately, the post processing site. So I use Afonic.com, um, spelled like it sounds, I think, uh, with a ph, and it does all my leveling. Not <laughs> well, it's spelled like it sounds with a ph. It's right. I don't think that's wrong. <laughs> All I'm saying is, if anyone wants to do very easy podcasting, use that site. It is ridiculously good at doing all the post-processing, and you don't have to do anything about it. Kitty just sent us a picture of her dog dead on the floor in front of her. Yeah, it works. <laughs> it's not dead. It's sleeping. Don't He's not sleeping. Listeners. He's, like, rolling around like crazy. <laughs> Watch the live version of it. He's, like, flailing. <laughs> Uh, all right. So how was 2020 for everyone as we talk about 2021 next? <laughs> we got a bunch Not of Not one of my downs. favorite years. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> 2020 was supposed to be the future. Like, I grew up in the 80s and 2020 was flying cars and 
I mean, as far as I was concerned, we're going to transport around all over the place. 2020 has got to be the most disappointing round number year of all time, which is... John just asked in chat, why isn't phonetically spelled phonetically? Stop distracting me, John. (laughs) (laughs) David says, though, yeah, you grew up watching the Jetson. This should be like, we should be with robot nannies and stuff. (laughs) Actually, we probably do have the robot vacuums. So at least we got that. Yeah, but it's not rosy. No, no. But I can put my... And I don't think pneumatic people movers ever really had a future. No. I do, like, Becca, I can put her in front of the TV. She's four months old. I can put her in front you of the TV. just put her in a tube and shoot her anywhere. <laughs> that like, works, yeah. <laughs> she can't fight it at all. Nope. Nope. Yeah. 2020, false advertising. 2021 is not as round a number, but it can only go up. I'm, I'm hoping. I'm really, that's not a challenge universe. Don't I, jinx <laughs> it. Stop it, Chris. Please. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. Uh. Universe happy thoughts. So, but I don't know. We're going to look back. I think in the future, looking back on 2020 is going to be interesting and fun because it is a nice round number. It is one of those things that you can, I mean, interesting and fun is so relative, but it's one of those things where you're like, oh yeah, this was the last, you know, the pandemic, the COVID-19, the... the Did well, you get just, our Christmas card, Chris? I just got it today and I haven't opened it. <laughs> I got the envelope. I walked Enjoy in and it. I dropped it off, and I haven't had a chance to open the mail yet. But I'm Fletcher, if you want my it. Christmas card, you have to send me your address. I can do that. You're too yeah. late for this year, but next year I send out great Christmas cards. <laughs> I'm gonna send out Christmas cards next year. That's what you okay. said last year. I know. I like would we love probably to have it on the podcast. the podcast. We can like drop a clip of you saying it last year. All right. Well, what I'm looking forward to first in 2021 is sending out Christmas cards. only 11 months and you can get right on that (laughs) well now i have a complete family so now i can send it out and not feel like it's a you know incomplete card yeah zachary you should have really stepped it up last year (laughs) i mean he was only half the equation i tell him all the time like "Eh, you're nothing kid not without a sibling and he looks at me goes hi daddy i'm like oh okay i like you he's he's doing like well, not full sentences, but he definitely has like four or five words at times. And he's using the two correctly, like T-O-O. He's like hot. Mm-hmm. And then he puts it something else that says hot too. And I'm like, oh, okay. Not really expecting that. But he's just. I was expecting him to say hot as well. <coughs> but fine. Daddy, that is also hot. We're getting there. We're close. All right. The dog just ran into my table and then ran away. So sorry, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully we're done with dog sounds now. Perfect. Uh, How, how's the baby situation? Still crying. But dad is on it. All right. Well, let's talk about 2021, shall we? Let's the, do it. It doesn't the, exist yet. The theme of the episode. I know. That's why we have to look forward to it. It's not like what we're looking at right now. It's what are we looking forward to, Fletcher? Kitty and I actually filled out notes. Fletcher's is blank. Just like last week. Fletcher's was blank. Fletcher's looking forward to nothing in 2021. And he's getting, <laughs> and he's getting married. Well, and he's still looking forward to nothing. <laughs> it's easier for me to just spout. It's not like I'm going to have any games to put on here, number one. Because I didn't have any games to put on here last time. <laughs> so. Well, it doesn't have to be Kickstarter games. It could just be games in general. But but yes. Right. Fl- I, I, I'm 
all the games that I'm looking forward to already exist. I'm looking to buy games that already exist. <laughs> Perfect. All right, Fletcher, what are you looking forward to? And I and I, I think I tossed one out there that hopefully you're looking forward to. Yeah, so I'm going to be getting married next year. Uh, fingers crossed that the reception will happen next year. <laughs> we don't quite know at this point. We're betting yes, because it'll be in September. It's far enough out. But uh, it's still kind of up in the air. Yeah. Um, but yeah, th- I guess I could start there. Yeah, I... I don't know if we're going to round robin this or what. I have every confidence that by September, the world will be 90% back to normal. Like I sure hope so. Yeah, I cannot possibly imagine like a wedding reception being too big in September. If we're still there, then 2021 did not live up to anyone's expectations. We I had a... Um, actually, a... Just to dovetail right into that, Gen Con is, you know, in August. And that, I had a, a conversation with some friends of ours. And I think I'm the only person that thinks that Gen Con is going to happen. But I would, I will take all bets that Gen Con is going to happen because in order for it not to happen, the convention center would have to cancel it because if the convention center says you can do it and Gen Con, Inc. says, no, we're not going to, they're out a whole lot of money. So no matter what, they're going to have it unless Indianapolis or Indiana, a red state, says you're not allowed to have conventions in August. I bet it's still going to be a lot smaller than we've been seeing. Oh, yeah, for from sure. Con. Yeah, I don't think the attendance is going to be at 70K, but I think it's going to exist. I wonder if going forward, we are going to see more hybrid events from conventions if you're going to see the kind of combined in person and online i've seen a lot of things sort of moving that way i think that um this pandemic has really like changed things forever i don't think everything's going to go back to exactly the way it was i think we're going to see it go back to the way it was mostly in a lot of cases, but I think we're going to see a lot more of the virtual space used for these kinds of events. I would agree. I think if you look back as just history in general, any major catastrophe, um, wars being the ones you can point out the most, have always been accompanied with some kind of technological or social advance. And I Mm -hmm. think that what 2020 has done is forced us to understand that we can do practically anything remotely and mm-hmm. we should like, it should always be an option. I don't think that's going away. I don't think virtual Gen Con is like, well, we did it in 2020, but we're just going to completely ignore it in 2021. I think they're going to keep doing it and they're going to, it's going to keep getting better over time. You know, us playing D and D we in any other year, we wouldn't even think about doing it online. We all live in the same city. But yeah. now it's so easy to just say, you know something? We have two hours on a Sunday. Let's just jump on and play D&D. We don't have to travel an hour and a half, you know, one way to play D&D with everyone. And we'll keep doing We're that. We're we'll on Sundays now? <laughs> I mean, pick, pick a day any day, right? Um, actually, I literally in my head forgot what day we play on. We play on Fridays. But um, <laughs> but the, the thing is, at any given time, you can just say, okay, let's spend a couple hours doing this. And, you know, jump on, boom, play. We played the crew for 
I have to say, a combined of eight hours in the last two days with our friends from Boston and then Jen, who's about 45 minutes away. And it was, we were just five of us hanging out, playing a game that we could never play if it wasn't for the idea that, you know, we might as well jump on Zoom and Board Game Arena and do this. And I, I'm looking forward to 2021 making all of this better and hopefully hybriding it so that, you know, we can play a Saturday in person and also have pickup sessions, you know, the other three weeks that we don't want to all travel to play for an all-day Saturday where we need to get babysitters and all of that, mm-hmm. which is one on your list, Kitty. Tell me about that. What are you looking <laughs> forward to in 2021? <laughs> So I did write babysitters on my list because I have not had a babysitter in my home for uh, (laughs) 10 months now, maybe, except for my brother, who I had to like majorly bribe so that we could go to a outdoor wedding reception. (laughs) Um, And yeah, um, I would really like to pay someone to watch my kids so I can hang out with the people who have been watching my kids for a while now, which is uh, my sister and my mom. I would love to like, that's another one on my list is restaurants. I want to hire a babysitter and go out to dinner. That's it. Except for the hire the babysitter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think restaurants. (sighs) And this summer, Sydney and I did go to restaurants. We went to Buffalo Wild Wings a couple times because they had like barely a restaurant. I know. (laughs) Uh, We did some patio stuff and some rooftop stuff, and it felt like almost normal. But it's it's just different. Like it's restaurants isn't drive throughs and carry out and Grubhub delivery. It's different when you actually can go out and sit at a table and talk to someone who's not in a mask. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, also, B-Dubs is one of my favorite places to eat. Um, John asked, though, I think it was John. Yeah. John asked, um, do we feel that the D&D experience on Zoom is the same? And I'm going to say it from a DM perspective first, and then I'm going to let you guys answer from player's perspective. Um, as far as prep, I have to do a little bit more prep being remote because I'm using... Um, we're using Foundry, which is a virtual tabletop, and I need to set up all the scenarios and stuff. For me, that prep and doing that has been good, though, because it gets me into the mindset. It, it lets me prep everything, and like I'm more prepared at the table. And Foundry doesn't limit me. I mean, if I needed to do an impromptu or an improv something, I could easily do that, too. Um, otherwise, for me, it's not that different, Short of when there's a lot of crosstalk, it's harder to follow what's going on. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I mean, we're using Foundry as as a mapping tool as well. And I don't necessarily like the, you know, we're, it's also a dungeon crawl. So it's like heavily emphasized on using that map. Um, but if we weren't in a dungeon, I don't think we would use it you know, for everything. So I, I find it's not that bad. Do I still want to play in person? Sure. But I am totally fine playing the way we're playing right now as well. So what are your guys' take on it, though? Because you're from the other side. I will say sometimes it's tricky to have a discussion about what we're going to do. And we are always um, probably over planners. We are definitely like, okay, here's nine ways we can approach the scenario. And um, we can kind of talk things to death. And that's trickier when it's harder to hear people because we have the same conversation like three times sometimes. 
Um, but I think using this system it has been really great. We can see what's going on. The mapping has been really good. I know that you don't always love um, map combat, but this has been great for that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the thing is, it, the system actually does a decent amount for me, too. So I don't know that it actually mm-hmm. slows us down. If anything, it might be a little faster than in-person mapped combat. Yeah. I think that, I, for sure, the map works. Yeah. I, I, I really, For me, I feel like it's pretty much the same. Like, like you said, I echo the same thing thoughts on the crosstalk um i probably play i'm playing a rogue so i'm playing the simplest character um i think some of the magic casters are having a little bit more issue (laughs) trying to figure out how to like actually cast spells and like draw it like on the map um to get exactly what they want um but for me i don't have any of those problems and if you're playing tabletop you can easily just kind of like you know, get out a straight edge of some kind and just be like, oh, okay, it's like it's a cone that's like this big. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Well, the um, thing with Foundry too is it's not a five E simulator. So we're playing D anD D five E, and it's not meant for that. All the stuff that are automatic for us are just plugins that I'm using on that platform. It is literally just kind of a a virtual system that allows you to do whatever you want. So I have to say, it's like you know something. Don't worry about it. If you can't make it work. We just can actually change the numbers. Like, we can go in there and change yeah. those numbers. It works. That's what I was going to say is, so I'm playing our wizard. So <laughs> I'm the one struggling sometimes. And it's never that we can't make the thing work. It's just that, like, oh, this didn't automatically do the thing without me having to, like, do some number crunching. And so we always figure it out. It's just sometimes it's really easy to, oh, I hit the button and it does it for me. And it's great. And that just works. But sometimes it's like, okay, it's not understanding that this creature's taking the brunt of the damage, but everyone else has to make a reflex save for the splash damage. And, you know, those things are just tricky. And I don't really expect a system to handle it all for me. And it's actually, and it's pretty easy for me to say, to jump in and just make the adjustments as necessary. And and we carry on. And all the information's right there. We just click on it and all the information mm-hmm. is up. So actually, that's one of the things that I'm looking forward to in 2021 is this campaign. So we just finished up the prologue and we'll talk about that post-credits. But I'm looking forward to actually running a D&D campaign on a regular basis. I The last long-term campaign I did um, was with Spencer. And that, that's how I met Spencer. We did a two-year Dark Sun campaign in 4th edition. And that was fantastic. That was a ton of fun. Um, and we've done a few little, I've done a few short things here and there, but I want to run a long campaign. I want a, this campaign to run through 2021 and actually have character development and conclusions and overarching storylines and all of that. So that's, I'm, I'm excited for it. Um, hopefully you guys keep up the excitement so that I can tell the story I want to tell, which is inspired by the Dungeon of the Mad Mage, but it is not going to follow that book because that book is great. It gives you 20 levels of dungeons and nothing else. So it would be the most (laughs) tediously boring thing ever if you couldn't tie it together with something else that was going on. Um, All right, games. Let's talk about some games. I'm going to throw out a couple that we briefly touched on last week, but I I kind of glossed over them because they're not overly interesting. Um, Agropolis is my first one. I did not talk about it last week. This is a 18 card um, game by Button Shy Games. And I might be saying it wrong, but it looks like Agropolis to me. Uh, this is 
it says it's a cooperative game, so you can play it like, you know, one to four, but it's a solo game. And they just did a Kickstarter that's releasing a whole bunch, like you can get all the expansions and stuff for it. I have not played this game. It is out of print. It's very hard to get, but I should be getting it in the next you know month or two. So I'm super looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to my crokinole board getting here. Um, someone emailed and said, hey, it sounds like I, I backed to the crokinole board too. And it sounds like you were lackluster. I'm like, no, 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 I wasn't. I just glossed over it because it's like an quote-unquote ancient game i think it's it's an older game um but i am looking forward to playing it it's one of those things i want to have set up so because anyone can play right the in-laws can come over and we can play a game of crokinole and it'll be fun um onk i glossed over that as well i'm definitely looking forward to playing that the third in the series by eric lang and then i talked about car wars multiple times so those are the ones from Kickstarter. But Fletcher, you filled in one just now. Your only note. My only note. So uh, Frosthaven is a thing. I'm looking forward to this game. I'm looking forward to playing it. I probably won't buy it. But I'm hoping one of my friends will buy it so I get to play, <laughs> I get to play it. <laughs> well, mark my words. If you don't have it by September, it'll be a wedding gift. So if you have a 25-pound okay. wedding gift wrapped up in you know, fancy Hanukkah paper, because I have a lot of it. Um, <laughs> maybe. It's not Hanukkah yet. <laughs> Every present's a Hanukkah present. That's true. <laughs> then, then you will have the Frost Haven, and you can play it on your honeymoon. <laughs> I'm sure Carmen will be super thrilled with that. Wait, that's not on her looking forward list either? <sighs> no, I don't think so. I tell ya. What was I thinking when I set you guys up? You guys are... I, I, I think she would play Gloomhaven. I think she would... Let, no, she wouldn't. I think she would She, she would, would tolerate probably yeah. like maybe w- one, maybe two scenarios. And then she'd be like, okay, I'm, I'm done with this. Yeah. Yeah. I think... But she would play it. Like she's, she's the type of person like, okay, I'll try it. I'm not going to understand it. I'm not going to be good at it, but I'll play it. If you were there, you could definitely get her to do it. That's that's because I just have this sense, this this peer pressure that I just apply force yeah. down. Yeah, I I definitely am looking forward to it. I don't know when I will play it either. This actually might be something where maybe you and I will just have to play this, like yeah, to play. I, I mean, Sydney's Sydney would play it. She's she's not super crazy about co op games, especially co op games that take you know two hundred hours. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think. We could probably hammer it out where it's like every other week or so we just spend a, an afternoon doing two or three scenarios. And as two I, players, they would go quickly. It would go quickly. Yeah. I was thinking about getting Jaws of the I, I mean, it's already out, Jaws of the Lion, and thinking about soloing it uh, because you can't do like just controlling. I don't know if you can do one or or if I would just control both players. Um, the solo version of, of Gloomhaven is controlling two players. Okay. That's what it is. Yeah. It seems so, like a little bit cheating because you're not supposed to be able to communicate, but you can't help it. They actually but. recommend that if you play it solo that you up the difficulty a level to balance ah. it out. Um, and for those that are interested, Jaws of the Lion is on sale on Target.com. I'm looking at it right now for $40. Definitely worth it. Check it out. Uh, let's see. Now, games that I did not talk about last week, and that would be uh, Tainted Grail which I was wave two shipping. I will never make that mistake again where, yeah, ship it all at once. I'll save $10 and won't be able to play the game for eight months. Um, So I'm actually looking forward to seeing that. 
Necromolds is a game I backed uh, about a year and a half ago. This is a game played with Play-Doh. Uh, actually, Terrence, who's in listening right now, he he pointed this game out to me. And so the way this works is you have these like um, plastic books that are like molds and you put Play-Doh in them and you mold the figure and then you put these characters that you made on the board and you, there's a miniature game, but done with Play-Doh. But when you kill something, you take these rings that you're wearing and you smash it down, which leaves a mark on the Play-Doh saying, yes, I killed this thing. So you're essentially like trying a- to run people out of their play-doh this is like a milton bradley game i swear what's it called you have to like squash these bugs and the bugs are made out of play-doh it's it looks awesome do the work for me i'm gonna look it up yeah it looks awesome and it's probably something that i will learn how to play as soon as i get it but it's something i'm gonna look forward to playing with zachary and becca when they're old enough to play with play-doh because they also have kids rules where you can just move them around and you don't have to like follow the because there's also stats on all of the different molds that you can make and stuff but you have a kids rules where it's like nope just move and smash things okay the the game i'm thinking of is called splat with an exclamation point it is by milton bradley and uh you have to squish these bugs and you have like this squisher thing and you squish them and it goes and it makes a little splat (laughs) yeah so it's basically that so if people are wondering why Kitty hasn't said anything for five minutes, ten minutes, which is very uncommon, um, it's because she <laughs> went to grab a screaming baby who's now live on Zoom. Another reason why you should join us. Um, who's just looking cute they and just, adorable. They just heard some really cute little like <gasps> noises over here. I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, we'll see how long this lasts. Um, but yeah. The, yeah. Welcome player four to the podcast. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh things I'm looking forward to in 2021 is um not having a teething baby anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Are you uh, going to get all your teeth? Yeah. <laughs> she's thinking yeah. about it. That's what she's looking forward to is having her teeth. Yes. She's like I can't wait to eat solid food. Well, she's already eating solid food, but she, she can't is. wait to to gnaw on a good steak. Well, uh, I was going to say solid food. By solid food, you mean um, fruit and vegetable purees. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's some really exciting stuff. Yeah. yeah. Learn to chew. That's that's what happens. Yeah. And honestly, I, I that's on my list as well. Uh, it's on my life categories, Becca, <laughs> Becca and Zachary. I, it's, and we've talked about it before where it's hard to comprehend like small children until you have them yourself. But watching your kids grow up, especially at that age of like, you know, before six months, they're really just kind of, you know, bags of pooping flesh. Cute potatoes. <laughs> yeah. But they start to get such personalities from like six months on. And just I'm looking forward to meeting Becca. Like, yes, she's already there. She's four months. She's adorable. She smiles at me whenever I look at her. That's awesome. But that personality really starts coming out between that 6 to 12 month. And then it just keeps getting more and more. And then Zachary just impresses me every single day with like, where did you learn how to do that? And it's just going to be a fun year watching these two learn how to be brother and sister as well. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Player three received many Christmas presents, uh, but only wanted to play with his sister's gifts. And uh, he said, he's talking to my mom. And he's like, Grammy, I'm sharing. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. And then she touched his gift and she's like, hey, that's mine. <laughs> so hands off. So yeah. so Zachary wanted the same thing. So she, she got a tea set um, f- that she can grow into. But Zachary really wanted to open it because it's like a little puzzle tea set. Uh-huh. But they were Zachary's playing in the living room. And Sydney, I wasn't there. But, uh, I think I ran to the store or something. And Sydney went to the bathroom. And when she got back, all of Becca's toys were stacked on top of Becca. They were all her toys. <laughs> he just went over there and put everything that was hers on her. And Sydney sent me this picture. And it's like every single thing. Like he wasn't sharing. He was just giving them back. He's like, I'm done with them now. You can have them back. It yep. was the most adorable They go thing. here. Yeah. <laughs> So I I am looking forward to it. Um, yeah, I, that's that's what I was saying. We're getting our basement redone so they can have a playroom. I'm looking forward to having the basement redone, and uh, I go back to work on the 11th. I think I'm looking forward oh, to that. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I'm looking forward to that. I think I know Sydney's really looking forward to Vault Tours coming back for KeyForge. Uh, we've been she's been playing a lot of Keyforge recently, and there's a new set coming out, so I'm gonna throw that on the list. Um, what else are you looking for? Kitty, you have some games on here that two of them I, I do. don't recommend. I don't recognize. Oh, I'm wondering which two or two. <laughs> Weather Machine is the first one, and Fjords is the one I don't remember. So, uh, Weather Machine is a um, oh, I want to say Videl Lacerda. Um, game that is supposed to be coming out in 2021. This is a very um, thinky Euro game where you're trying to build machines which control the weather, as the name might imply. I'm sorry, you don't want me to talk? Um, (laughs) Apparently the baby doesn't want talking. (laughs) My turn to talk. Um, she de- she doesn't think this is going to be a good game. <laughs> I am looking. I am looking at the images now, and it looks it, so. It's like a steampunky Victorian age uh, yep. theme. Yep. Yes, and this is supposed to be a very thinky Euro game. It's the same um, on Mars, and what's the other one? All the Vita Lacera ones, but yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all. Um, so, so that's one of the ones I'm looking forward to. And then Fjords is actually a game that is being reprinted. It is a 2004 game, I want to say. And it is a tile laying game in which you are building fjords and you are trying to claim territory in the way you place these tiles to build fjords. And they're adding new modes of play and kind of updating the rules. They're, I guess they're keeping the base rules the same, but adding different modes of play to this kind of classic game and updating it for modern audiences. And I, I was very intrigued by that one. And there's nothing on the new, or the for the 2021 game, there's just the cover. Uh, the 2005 game, you were close. Um, Ooh, so close. <laughs> I, I didn't even look at it. But uh, yeah, that looks, it looks interesting as well. Hmm. Now you also have Cascadia and Macaroon. Macaron. Yes. Mac- so macaroon. Macaron. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is exactly Macaroons how, or something else. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure this exact same exchange happened when we recorded our segment on this. Yes. And these are two of the um, Kickstarters I backed. 
And I think I've got a ton of Kickstarters that are coming in 2021 that I'm looking forward to. But these were the ones that I could remember off the top of my head. So that somehow made them feel special to me and that I'm looking most forward to them. And so I think Cascadia is one I'm really, really looking forward to. I really enjoyed Calico. It's by the same company. Um, looks pretty similar, kind of thinky, tile puzzle um, situation, but a little bit less restrictive. So I'm curious about that one and then macaron is almost the most recent one i backed and that is a trick-taking game in which you are it's a it's a baking themed trick-taking game so like how is it not for me (laughs) yeah this is about i have a toothache just by looking at the board (laughs) <laughs> it looks very sugary. It's very pretty pastel. You're making macarons for the king's birthday. And so there's like ingredients that um, will give you no points because the king is allergic to them. And then there's ones that will give you um, that act as Trump because they're the king's favorite flavors. It's um, It's a fun one. It looks really fun. I'm very excited to play it. Um, I think Spencer would really love this game if it had a different theme, but I think this theme is really not not going to be his jam. <laughs> yeah, just take a black marker and trace everything and right. yeah, make it. It's called Dark Macron. <laughs> It'd be a perfect game. Um, let's, let's see, a couple more games I am looking forward to so that Kitty doesn't have to talk and upset player four um (laughs) dice throne adventures i'm hoping comes out next year it was kickstarted middle this year um but hopefully it comes out next year i'm looking forward to um dice throne adventures is basically actually yeah i'm i'm mixing what this is but the dice throne adventures this is a game that was started as a dueling game it's almost you have asymmetric characters and custom dice for every character it is Battle Yahtzee, which is the most. <laughs> it's it's really the most, uh, whatever that word that is. That sounds interesting and super boring at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> I, I don't think there's a, a more derogatory way of describing it, but it's far I more. Describe in- anything as it's something Yahtzee. It's like, oh. Uh. So, oh no! <laughs> yeah, you have five dice, and you roll the dice. You can re-roll three times. So it's, it's the actual Yahtzee mechanic, but you're trying to get symbol pairings that will allow you to use special abilities. And it's a dueling game, and it can actually play two to six players. Well, the characters are very, very interesting and very unique, and the art's fantastic. But I want to play these game characters in a role-playing game. And I actually talked to these guys when they first came out. There's, uh, we interviewed them. Oh, I don't know, two years ago. If you go back, it's not a side chat, but and one of the things I asked for them was like, "Are you going to make this into a role playing game at some point?" And that's what Dice Throne Adventures is: is being able to take these characters and actually go through like a campaign story and play with these characters. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. Um, it's I think it's going to be under the radar. Dice Thrones is a is a great game, and it's gotten good reviews but it's not one of those everyone's talking about it type of games because there is a lot of randomness in it um but i'm i want that game to come out and then anachrony fractures in time is the next expansion for anachrony which give me an excuse to play it uh again i love anachrony it's a time traveling euro game and it's just gorgeous Uh, i was looking at my kickstarters and i saw solomon kane hasn't shipped yet but i'm 
interested in getting this one eventually. What game How is that? long has this been since you kickstarted it? Like, do I you w- have a date? <laughs> so I want to say it's been almost two years, which is why I think it should come out soon. <laughs> we were doing Kickstarter edition, I think. This was like pre-Dice Tower <laughs> News. Yeah, it's on BGG, it's marked as releasing in 2020. Uh, that's not going to happen. Because <laughs> 2020. Let's see if the forums have anything. Let's see. Contents of Wave 1 and 2. So we're talking about this. This is Awakened Realms, uh, who's doing this, which, you know, big Kickstarter. Um, they, I think they also did uh, Joan of Arc, which also took a bit of time. But, is um, this the Pilgrim one? This is the one where you're all playing Solomon Kane, but you're playing different aspects of his personality. Yeah, and, but isn't he a pilgrim? <laughs> um, I don't know. He's he's based on a on the literature Solomon Kane or whatever the historical figure. I don't is. have enough hands to do my normal googling. <laughs> Fletcher, pick up my slack. <laughs> Fletcher, have you heard of Solomon Kane? We're all like, I should probably know more about the myth, but I don't. That's why I like playing these games, like Dune. You know, eh. I, I couldn't care less about Dune, but Dune Imperium was amazing. And it makes me want to be more interested in Dune. But uh, Solomon Kane, I couldn't care less about Solomon Kane. But this looks really cool, so I want to play it. And then I'll probably look into it. But it's a series of books or something like that. Fletcher's looking I down, so I assume. graphic novels. The late 16th, early 17th century Puritan. Solomon Kane is a somber-looking man who wanders the world with no apparent goal other than to vanquish evil in all its forms. This is off the Wikipedia. See? Why would I not Puritan want to play that game? Puritan is just a fancy word for pilgrim. I'm saying I'm right. <laughs> all right. You are right. <laughs> I remember this one. This is one that I actually thought looked really interesting. Very cool. I was very interested in the lore. But it just had way too many miniatures for me to ever back it. Yeah, this looks this looks like it could be overwhelming because I'm pretty sure I went all in as well. And oh, of course you did. Yeah, I mean you gotta do it. It's miniatures. What are you gonna do? Um, but I'm I'm just I want I want it to show up. I want to know whether or not this was worth the wait, and hopefully it won't be terrible. Yeah, this mechanic of playing the aspects of a personality seems extremely interesting. Yeah, and it could be fantastic, and it could also super fall flat. That's the problem with Kickstarter and FOMO, as Fletcher was mentioning last time. It's like, this could be one of the greatest <laughs> games, and it was the best thing to go in on, or it could be like, oh, I went all in on it, and the game money. is horrible. Yeah, It could be like Massive Darkness that you opened, looked at, and said, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I almost backed Massive Darkness too. And then I punched myself in the face and said, you loathed the first one. Why would you do another one? Why would you do that? So Personal growth in 2020. Good job, Chris. I did my best. Uh, David does ask, he's like, I'm looking to get Anachrony. Should I get the Essentials Edition or should I hold off until I can get the full version? Um, I don't know what the difference is. I will say that the base game of Anachrony is enough for anyone. It's totally fine. You're not missing out on anything. Honestly, all of the, because I have all the expansions to date and they all just add more, but I don't think they make it better. They just give you different options to play at different times. The base game is great, though. The only thing I might upgrade are the components because I like blinging out my games, but even the base components are really good. I know, I know. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, if you can just pick up the base copy of Anachrony, pick it up. Um, and then if you really do like it, then go ahead and get the other stuff. But I would never introduce someone to the game adding anything more than what's in the base box. I would say, all right, this is what we're playing. And that's all we need to play. And if you were to play again, uh, maybe we add this expansion or that expansion. They're all modular. So you don't, it's not like you add them in or you don't. It's like, oh, let's add this sideboard or that sideboard. Um, but I still want everything because me. Because me. <laughs> would, would you even be you if you didn't have all the things? No, no. <laughs> sad, but that's the real thing I'm curious about. So I know that you did, um, not this year, but last year, you only backed ten Kickstarter games, and that didn't include expansions. I want to know how many of those you went all in on. Like, I want to know. I don't know. It, well, in 2019, I, like I only even backed with those 10, 10 games, games, you still spent like four times as much as I did. Oh, yeah, definitely. For sure. For <laughs> sure. For sure. Because if I if I backed a game, I definitely backed it all in um, the and this is to what Fletcher was saying before, too, is, you know, what if I really like the game and I had the opportunity to get everything, but I didn't. Um, I'm in a position where. Spending, you know, $100 to get all the extra stuff isn't that big a deal. But if I didn't spend it, spending $500 on eBay to get it later is a big deal. So, <laughs> like, taking that risk. You can't not do that. Yeah. Yeah, you can't stop yourself from doing that. That's just crazy talk. So, and I haven't really done a spreadsheet to say, is it worth it to say, okay, fine, get only the base game and then if i really love it go on ebay and spend the crazy amount of money to get everything and then don't go all in on these other games and save money on the ones i don't like i should probably calculate that um your that's wife is not... an accountant isn't that her job to calculate <laughs> if i let her manage my my kickstarter account though um she wouldn't be You'd my be wife for no very games. long <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i have to keep her out of that side of my life we have an agreement that she does her thing, and her thing is looking away from the crazy stuff I do. <laughs> She's like, are the bills paid? Uh, yeah. All right, fine. Do whatever. <laughs> but yeah, this this year I backed 24 games, which is definitely more. And there's, I don't know, there's probably five of those that I could have. If I could unback them right now, I probably would. Because I look at the names and I don't know what they are. So I'm like, no, I probably didn't need that. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. 2021, it's going to be a better year. It has to be a better year, right? It has to be. <laughs> Stop jinxing it. <laughs> it can't be too much worse. Yeah. All right. Fine. Stop it. I'm, look, I'm looking forward to 2021 being a better year. I'm thinking of so many things year. that could still go worse. No. Stop. Oh. <laughs> I really, I would love it to be a better year. Yeah. But there were lots of good things that happened in 2022. Like, yeah. look at this baby. Oh, this podcast oh, right 2020 now. 2020 as yeah, well. 20, yes. Yeah, as Thank well. you, Fletcher, for correcting my toddler speak. Yeah. <laughs> I get to tell Becca, you were born at the heart of the pandemic. and Yeah, I know. thought my baby was born at the heart of the pandemic. But then three months later, whoa, it, was it, it worse? Kept, yep, it kept going. <laughs> so Terrence oh. is questioning my math on the $100 extra for going all in. Um, I, I assume that is the extra on top of the base pledge and not counting add-ons. So yeah, depending on the depending on the campaign, it could be a significantly more. 
It's probably why I hate Kingdom Death Monster so much because I couldn't go all in on it because I could not <laughs> justify spending $1,500 on a game I'd never even heard of before. So I'm like, no, no. And that was it. another one you just opened, looked at, closed, and moved on, right? I, I had to. It would have killed me. It would have just killed me. And apparently that's what that game does is kill you. So we have some, we have some friends <laughs> over and over again. It is their favorite game, and the pledge manager opened up for a brief period over the holidays, and they went on, and they'd only been able to get the base and a few different expansions, but they went on, and they spent $1,600 backing various things on Kingdom Death Monster. My heart. (laughs) Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, I I don't get it. I don't, I totally understand it's a story-based game, right? It's it's a it's it's kind of a role-playing game in a box. And if you have someone to share it with and you're truly having fun with it, then that's worth it. But just to have it in my collection to say I have it in my collection, that's outside of what I'm reasonably capable of doing. Um anything else, Fletcher? You you have a game and a wedding. Is there anything else in 2021? <laughs> anything well, you're looking forward that, to? A lot of the stuff we've already covered like restaurants and just going outside. <laughs> Um, the D and D campaign. I mean, not seeing humans in know. real life. Seeing <laughs> humans in real life. Even going to an Traveling, office. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Traveling sounds. Oh, seeing you guys in person, maybe. Yeah. No, I'm not seeing people in person ever again. Nah. <laughs> this this year, I will say, as negative as it was in some ways, a, an introvert's dream. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I've I've really adapted pretty well, aside from, you know, <laughs> babysitters in restaurants and uh, missing out on some weddings this year, which hopefully we'll get some makeup receptions um in twenty twenty one or beyond. But um yeah. I yeah, I got so many sewing projects done. I finally finished a stocking. I have created two people in the time it took me to finish one stocking. So um that says something about the pace at which i sew (laughs) it it is a very nice stocking though i saw it's a really nice stocking you put it on twitter i think i saw it there i did i put it everywhere i could because i was so excited that i finally did it (laughs) yeah that was very nice yeah i think i was just talking to sydney about this to this for this week um as far as 2020 being what it was our kids being at the age they are, it sort of was the perfect time because it would have been hard to go to conventions anyway, having a one-year-old and a zero-year-old. Uh, so <laughs> it's like, well, we didn't get to go to conventions and that sucked, but we didn't also miss out on conventions because they didn't happen. So yep. there's a win-win. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, next year they'll be a little bit older and we'll be able to leave them with the grandparents and go off and be neglectful again. So that's what we're looking forward to. (laughs) (laughs) We are making our children independent by being able to survive a weekend without us. (laughs) Um, Terrence asked earlier, what like all these masks that are coming out. So Sydney, I think I mentioned this last week um, for Hanukkah. I got a mask a night. So, and lots of people have all these like (laughs) themed masks and stuff. I don't think they're going away. I think that the more that I wear them, because I pick up Zachary um, at daycare, drop them off, and I have to wear a mask to go into the daycare. And it's cold out. Wearing the mask is actually quite nice. In winter? Yeah. It's yeah. Great. yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> I I am saving all of my... They're my new scarves. I love these things. Also, 
I've had kind of a crazy year with allergies, but I haven't had like a cold at all. Yeah. I might just keep wearing masks. (laughs) I have a cough right now. It's not COVID. It's just because I haven't put the humidifier in. And so my throat's dry. But otherwise, like, I think the masks, like, I'm keeping them all around. And I will use them in the wintertime. I will, you know, if I'm ever in California and it's burning down, um, I'll wear it there too. So I think people will find uses for all these masks. And I think that yeah, it's going to be wearing them for allergy season. We'll yep. see. <laughs> and I think it's going to be more normalized where if you are sick, even if it's not COVID, but if you have if you have a cold or a flu or something like that, and you have to go out, I kind of hope that people are like, yeah, yeah, I'll wear a mask because I don't need to get anyone else sick while I'm just randomly out of the grocery store. So, mm-hmm. and after a year of seeing it as an almost normalized thing, and it kind of depends on where you're at. I know there are areas where masks are not worn at all. Um, in our area, we see them everywhere. If you go out, they're yeah. everywhere. But I think yeah. with that normalization of them, I don't have, I don't feel weird wearing one if I don't feel good. And I don't know, yeah. I'm kind of hoping that that kind of sticks. History tells us it won't. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because there have been times in the past where masks were worn. Like, actually, the Spanish flu um, masks mm-hmm. were also mandated, and then they completely went away and became something that nobody did. Um, but also, you know, there's a lot of um, Asian countries that it is much more normalized and just kind of common courtesy to wear a mask if you're not feeling well. Yeah, I'm going to be like that weird grandma when my kids are you know, adults and have their own children. I'll wear my mask out in public and my grandkids will be like, what is wrong with grandma? It's like, oh, she lived through the pandemic. <laughs> and why does it say Gen Con 2020 on it? That's just weird. <laughs> it's going to be the same as like my grandmother who had like a box full of string because she lived through the depression and like right. wouldn't throw away string anymore. Like, you just pick up weird habits the more you live through things. So, you know, yep. we're all emotionally hide scarred. All, <laughs> not trust the banks and hide all her money in her cabinets. <laughs> My grandfather hoarded sewing needles because he thought um, if the economy collapsed and there was a post-apocalyptic scenario, sewing needles would be an excellent currency. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We've all got our weird things. <laughs> Now, um, well, to end on currency, um, Bitcoin is crazy <laughs> up. It hit 28,000 this week. So, you know, if you have Bitcoin, try to find that wallet because holy crap. Um, and on that <laughs> note, I'm looking for Bitcoin to hit 50,000 in 2021 so that I can pay for my basement. There we go. <laughs> Good luck with that. All right, fingers crossed. All right, Kitty, why don't you take us out and then we will talk about D&D right after the credits. Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. If you'd like to follow us on social media, the links for Facebook and Twitter are in our show notes. Want to watch us record live so you can see my baby trying to grab my microphone? You can find a link for that in our show notes too. Comments or questions? Email us at feedback at tabletopgametalk.com. Hosting fees and giveaways are sponsored by our patrons. If you'd like to be one of these wonderful people, you can find out how by visiting our website, tabletopgametalk.com, and clicking the support us link. And there's a link in the show notes, too. Finally, a huge thank you to all our current patrons, Adam Harrison, 
Miles Waltzing with Tilda Clark, The Gift of Games, Jason Strong, John Lewis, Joe Hoover, Jeremy Fisher, Terrence Miltner, Sean Peck, Christopher Dong, Jennifer Engelbrecht, Barn Arnold, Arnold, Michael Yanikowski, David Sellers, David Radke, Jason Marks, Anne Reynolds, Christopher Letko, Stephen Judd, Leanne Verholz, Joe Rackstad, Weatherman Keith, Paul Raymer, Jimothy, Ben Gary, Matthew Droke, David Rank, Christopher Comstock, Jerry Wong, C. Marie, Justin Willard, Jason Rodney, Cindy Lum, Eric Hoffman, Adrian Dobb, Bass Lintham, Eric Salander, Glenn Cotter, John Williams, Sir Sully, Sean P. Kelly, Mike Smith, Caleb O'Brien, Don Gilstrap, Aaron Moore, Ron Nelson, Agnes Toth, Charles Pearson, G- Jason, ah, Jesse <laughs> Wheeler, and Ronald Roy. And thank you to anyone who's ever been a patron. It means the world to us, it really does. And until next week, keep playing games and having fun. All right, so this week in D&D, we ended the prologue. I think it only took us two months. We killed a dragon. You killed a dragon. We did kill a dragon. We killed a dragon in a surprise round, basically. (laughs) Basically, yeah. (laughs) It was a little dragon. Yeah, we were like, "Uh uh-oh, I don't know if we're going to be able to kill this dragon, but we basically killed it before it could do really any damage. Yeah, well, and in fairness, because... I mean, I was kind of going over that. I was like, man, that dragon should have been a little bit harder to kill. But it was a young dragon. And you, Kitty, you would like sent your little familiar bat out to find, see the dragon before the dragon ever saw you. And then said Miles isn't here because I named my familiar Telemachus. (laughs) Very nice. (laughs) (laughs) He'll hear that now. Um, (laughs) And then Sydney's like, okay, well, I cast silence because she had been waiting the entire night to cast oh, silence because yeah. she got that as a new spell. And I'm like, I'm going to oh. cast silence so we can sneak up on the dragon. I'm like, okay. So between knowing where the dragon was and being able to sneak up and get in position to do like an alpha strike to start with. Yeah, and me yeah, and Fletcher you'd... both have misty steps. So we just like bonked in behind the dragon for our surprise round and like surrounded it. So <laughs> you couldn't do that breath weapon. Yeah. First round is like half half dead. And then I had literally one action. There were some layer actions and things like that. But those didn't have much of an effect because you were able to avoid them. And so I'm like, okay, you just woke the dragon up. So he's going to claw and bite at you. And then when I rolled the damage, I'm like, oh, this is a young dragon. He's barely doing any damage at all. If he hits at all, <laughs> which he didn't. And I'm just like, oh, you killed my dragon. I think he like missed twice and then hit once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, in all, I think the dragon did like eight points of damage. <laughs> His lair moves, though. Those were yeah. nasty. Yeah. So I'm just like, all right. I had cast all, right. all kinds of like mage armor and mirror image. And I was like, yeah. And then I was like, oh, area of effect. I'm still quite squishy. <laughs> and got attacked by mosquitoes. So, but. So it was a young black dragon. It had something like a neighborhood of 120 hit points. You guys were level four, four of you. Um, yeah, you took it out handily. If it had got a breath <laughs> weapon off, and I probably should have used the weapon right away, um, it could have taken you guys out. Well, it could have taken at least one of you, maybe two of you, at least put you unconscious. Uh, but I thought his bite and claw would do more damage, and it didn't. So <laughs> he was groggy. From- and then I never got like another... It never, it never got, like, another turn to attack. No, it only got one round. So, but yeah, so that was the prologue. Um, I, I like doing prologues to my campaigns 
because we didn't give backstories to any of the characters or how the party met or anything like that. We said, make level three characters and Which go. Which is good because I respect my character at each level up so far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I figure it takes a while to grow into a character and know who they are. So by giving you some time to play those characters in the next session, that's when we're going to tease out who your characters are, how they met each other. And which just works so much better than just trying to do that at the beginning without ever being in their skin or however you want to, you know, see that. And so I'm looking forward to getting the backstory and seeing like, you know, what you guys come up with. And and we're not, at least you guys could be talking, I don't know, but I'm not encouraging you guys to come up with it beforehand. I sort of want to improv it and you know, see how you guys feel in the moment, what it feels right. Because I think that's how you get the best thing is when you do it by feeling and not by planning, if that makes sense. So you're telling me I should throw away my three-page backstory I've written? I think your (laughs) three-page backstory is fine for inspiration for the improv. (laughs) Sounds good. Yeah. Basically, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to ask you guys questions. I'm going to, you know, I may ask Kitty, how did you meet Fletcher, right? And then I'll ask Fletcher, how did you meet Sydney? And... You know, just kind of like building on those things. I think it makes for a more interesting story. Um, but if you have something in mind, then, you know, and you're in the right spot to answer it, then go for it. And that's just the yes and thing. Like that's yeah. for people who've never role played. Um, there is a lot of improv involved because you're responding to situations that are coming up so that's by definition it's improv yeah but you're there's less pressure to be funny because you don't have an audience right you. <laughs> exactly and, and it's really you don't have to be you funny don't really have to yes and either. yeah well you like, it's no but <laughs> yeah that's yeah. my move <laughs> yeah. Yeah. no but yeah. it's it is better if you don't say no but if you can yes and and turn it but really it's just saying it's playing <laughs> It's building on top of the blocks as opposed to tearing uh, down someone so you else's want me to blocks. Yes, but instead of no, but <laughs> yes, but was is better than no, but yeah. <laughs> uh, nobody Got- wants to DM my campaigns anymore. Nobody wants me as a player. <laughs> you know, I'm speaking from experience, and I agree with you. I totally agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> but but you're stuck with me. I know. We're, our next campaign, our next session's the first, right? We're playing a yeah, New Year's Day. New Year's yeah. Day. Yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah. So I think if the yeah, well, so we'll have actually played that session before we record next. So we'll let you know how everyone meets in that session. <laughs> but until then, bye everyone. Bye bye. <laughs>